Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 152, and today we'll be talking about adventures in light distortion. I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm David. So I felt that this episode was very much forgettable, especially in kind of the action that was going on in um the what was what is the name of this special? Out of this world. Out of this world, yeah. So yeah, I think that this episode was kind of like I have to go back and sort of remember what happened. And it seems like incredibly intense for what is going on. Like, I'm not like I'm not exactly sure how to interpret the feel of this episode when watching it. I think they way oversell it. The Stevens little internal monologue there. Yeah. Well, external monologue, actually. That's a good way to put it. Like, yeah, I the writers definitely leaned into the dependency on Steven to narrate what was, uh, you know, how he felt during those moments. I think they could have been, you know, the the scene once he's disabled the uh, sort of regulator for the gravity engine's effects, uh, all that, there, there there would have been so much more value in him not speaking, but simply seeing seeing him struggle and just just less dialogue in general, because uh, there's is I don't know if it's just Stephen's voice or or the things they give Stephen to say, but but his drama does not always lead well to feeling feeling very serious. It comes off sometimes as yeah. whiny, <laughs> which is not I'm not trying to be ultra critical of it, but it just like yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound like something that I'm going to feel really. Uh, sad about also you know i mostly go okay when's steven gonna get this out of his system yeah i felt like it was a bit yeah. of a disconnect between the drama of the situation and the drama steven was projecting and i'm not saying it was like a huge thing that i felt like oh it totally ruined the episode for me like i did kind of understand where steven was coming from like he is still a little kid and him being like i want my dad you know we all sometimes right. revert to that especially when we're young but simplify the message keep it on i miss my dad uh, you know, he sort of brings up this dilemma of I I rushed this and I've made so many mistakes, but really we haven't spent that much time. The last 11 minute episode, he decided to, you know, go investigate Blue Diamond and that caused his dad to be abducted. And then in this episode, he decided to mess around with a panel he didn't understand and thought he lost the gems and was going to crash to a planet. Those are two serious things that happened. And yes, were the cause of it. But at least for me, I didn't feel that same conflict that Steven was feeling in himself, because to me, it wasn't like this long-standing issue. When Amethyst is facing her internal struggles about how she feels, or Pearl is dealing with her loss of Rose, these are issues we've seen over a long time. And so when they go and sing or cry about it, uh, I connect with it. <laughs> but Steven here, not singing, and, and the, the tears are there. It just, mm, I uh, yeah, it's hard. So... The episode yeah. suffers. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the fact that you know the gems are completely fine and that it's just, oh, hey, you know, does that mean Steven is completely worried about absolutely nothing? Exactly. Yeah, like, we we know this is episode two in a five-part series. Like, he's not going to go into the base with the gems just being, like, dead or something, you know? Right. The resolution is also not that interesting. It's just like, well, he kept trying to touch the button, and finally he was able to touch the button, you know? Versus, like... Oh, maybe some power within him is, be you know, his belly glows and he actually is able to do something to, you know, turn it off. But like, it's just like, well, it didn't work the first five times I tried, but it worked the sixth time. And the only satisfaction I got from it was his head 
smashing into the dashboard. <laughs> I mean, they gave him the power, like, in maximum capacity to turn off the uh, television, and oh. then Rose did something similar with the record player. That would have been so cool. That would have been that would have been a pretty interesting payoff if they had been going yes. that direction. With that it. actually would have been, honestly. Yes. Like they were like, well, we need to get him really emotional for that kind of power to work. So yeah, that would have actually. I think that would have helped the scene a lot if he'd managed to telepathically push the button or something. I mean, it, it, you still have the problem where he's worrying about the gems, but we know both before and after the episode airs that they're completely fine. So maybe if they get, had given him something else to worry about, like like he sees their forms being pulled behind them as he goes, so he can be more worried about how, oh, I'm putting us in danger of crashing. Like, let's focus on that danger and less on the whole, the gems might be dead. Part. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that that's for sure. Again, that focus of message. It's like he's gonna crash on the planet. That's the most immediate danger. I mean, I get that he's getting all retrospective about his decisions, but like, you know. Okay, also I want to um yeah, say another thing is that what millennial approaches a computer problem with just pushing buttons? <laughs> like does. Steven Quartz universe, you have a smartphone? and a laptop, and uh, had briefly an iPad in your possession, not to mention whatever electronics you have used from your friends. Like, he couldn't have pressed the X button. He couldn't have attempted to move each of them manually until trial and error got the correct um, shape of the gems. Like, I just feel... To be honest, uh, when the everything went off the rails, he should have started looking for, okay, uh, which button is control and which button is Z, and let's just let's just be rubies. <laughs> Let's be satisfied with the Ruby bodies. Yeah, where is right. the control alt delete on this system? You know, like where's the little settings gear icon? More importantly, will it run Minecraft? <laughs> will it run Doom? Oh man. Everything <laughs> runs Doom. Yeah, it's just I don't know what Steven was thinking. Where's the home button? Like he should have figured something out. But he was just sort of like, I'll press everything and clearly there will be no consequences to my actions. Right. Well, in that light, he really did rush things. So maybe some of his angst was earned, but... Yeah, I wonder if he, like, accidentally clicked an ad and that caused a bunch of other pop-up ads and now the ship has malware. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I mean, think about this, but most of Steven's experience with computing devices is smartphones, and the big thing about them is that they just work. He's not used to troubleshooting computers. He's used to pressing buttons on the screen and they've built a completely dummy-proof environment for him to play in. Well, <laughs> foreshadowing. If I open up my phone, if I open up my phone and just start pressing every single application, I'm going to be experiencing quite a dip in functionality because now I have a bunch of applications running. So, I think the concept of closing programs and navigating through applications would not be alien to Steven. Yeah. I want to talk about Pearl. Uh, she had the most fantastic line about Peridot. Uh, what, what doesn't she ever tell us anything important? You see, this is why we don't listen to her. Yes, Love the kind line. of the, the pre, the early episode moments were excellent. There were a lot of little ones in there. I mean, just the gems and their bodies being worked about. Like, I just don't know why mm-hmm. they couldn't have just sat through as rubies. It was a five minute trip. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Quit being babies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know you're the size of babies, but like quit being them. Yeah. Just because you're the size of a ruby doesn't mean you have to act like one. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Steven really got his ruby on this episode. Ooh. As we have already discussed. So adding a little more uh, positivity or some praise to the episode. One thing I enjoyed about, um, you know, some early season one episodes and and, and several other episodes in Steven Universe is their um, commitment to a really interesting concept, sort of like a, a, a lighter version of Rick and Morty's <laughs> commitment to sort of taking some sci-fi idea and just going with it. I really, you know, yeah, Cat Fingers and Frybo sort of starting off the series. Yes. It's just like, let's explore this one idea where a writer just goes, uh, what if the cats are on his fingers? And they go from there. So uh, it was good to just have this sort of space travel and deal with, you know, when we first saw the Gravity Engine, uh, it was just really cool. I had a friend watching it and he just looked at me like, what? Did they really just do that? Like, that's you don't see that type of space travel actually forming a little, you know, black hole for the ship. So like dealing with sort of, oh, the gems changing shape and all this stuff was like fun and cool. And I, I like the exploration of that. Yeah, I'm a bit of obnoxious. I think when it comes to uh, shows that attempt to incorporate space travel, because I know quite a bit about space and I know <laughs> um, not like the exact distance between us and the Andromeda galaxy. That's my dad. But for me, I know like kind of Pretty the basics big. of how absolutely difficult space travel is because, yeah, and it's just like insanity, like to get anywhere you have to be going faster than light. Like, even to get to the nearest star system, it's four light years away. You know, for it to mm -hmm. happen in a single episode, you would have to be going several orders of magnitude faster than the speed of light. So I did like in this episode how they did try and explore, yeah, we are going faster than the speed of light. Because in episodes like, in shows like Voltron, which I couldn't even go past the second <laughs> episode, in shows like Voltron where they, it's entirely space travel and they don't even address the fact that they're going faster than the speed of light. Like, oh, we just went to Pluto in, you know, half a second. I'm like, okay, how? Honey. Well, see, the problem is in shows like that, they're just moving at the speed of plot. They have not given any thought to their propulsion at all. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, I have difficulty. And, you know, since there's so little science explaining how we could go faster than the speed of light, like, at that point, you can fill it with a bunch of garbage. And I'd be like, okay, you know, like, since there is no science, you might as well make it up. That that That's kind of my thought process. But if it's like, there is perfectly good science to explain how you would get from point A to point B, and you're just ignoring it because plot, I always like find that annoying. But that's mostly a personal thing. And I did I did like how in Steven Universe, they even addressed that gems with bodies made of light would have a lot of difficulty going faster than light without um a, a functionality in the ship trying to fix that. So I did like mm -hmm. that quite a bit. Hmm. Uh, an interesting thought I had after seeing the spaceship's ability to sort of give the gems different forms is, will this technology manifest itself in any other way on Homeworld? I'm interested to see if, like, you know, if you can manipulate the bodies of gems, does that come in the form of anything offensive or torturous? Or I, I don't know if they'd hmm. bring that up again. But it is sort of like not totally unlike Steven Universe to introduce us to something in one light where we don't even think about its implications and then later, you know, take it somewhere else. So, yeah, that'd be an interesting. Basically, I just want to see as many high concept things as they possibly can use on Homeworld to like take advantage of it. So I want to see more like 
advancement of Homeworld, like how they should be intimidating. I don't want them to lose that intimidating edge of like, we have really scary, really powerful technology. We don't just have black holes taking us through, you know, the universe in, in minutes. Like we have terrifying abilities to control gems and to terraform planets and to make gem mutant giants the size of planets, you know? Yep. Um, Shatterers of worlds. I think with this one, if we can assume that the technology to manipulate the physical form of a gem would be have to be contained in the ship, so it would be difficult to think that you could artificially inflate the size of a gem like in a battlefield or something, or even just mm. for construction, because they would have to be within that container. So it may be... Obviously, like, you know, the show can do whatever they want because they made it up, but, um, it, you know, it's interesting to think, and I, like, as torture devices, you know, I think people have addressed this topic before, like, how would you torture a gem? And whether or not that's even, like, capable to be shown in the kids' show of Steven Universe is <laughs> something else to be discussed, but, like, people were theorizing, oh, maybe radiation would be really painful to them, or maybe, um, some other stuff, like maybe the, um, if you, like, turned down the, the destabilizers so that it was just pain or something like that. <laughs> and I think I remember saying before the second trip into space, when Steven was abducted, I said, like, it would be a significant plot point that the diamonds would try and torture Steven with their gem torture methods and they wouldn't work on him because he is organic. So that didn't happen. But this conversation has taken a very... Dark turn. Very dark <laughs> turn. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's, it's it's interesting how that kind of stuff would work, and we still don't even know if the show's going to be giving us any on-screen shatterings of gems. So people were theorizing oh, that that oh. might happen in the in that last special too. So we don't know. I mean, luckily we know with Steven Universe, if we see a shattering on screen, our character with unprecedented healing abilities is not going to be sitting on the sidelines for long. Yeah, Steven's going to make it all better. He better make it all better. Mm. Ooh. What if the crystal gems shatter yellow diamond and he heals her? There's going to be some big, massive bubble in the basement, <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. I just don't know where this season's going to go. Mm. Yeah, and it, and it's been shown that he can heal crack gems. Whether or not he can heal a gem that's totally shattered and leave their identity intact is another thing. And I'm still curious to see if the show is leading up to Stephen healing the remains of Pink Diamond, wherever she is. Right. I, she's somewhere, right? That's been brought up on this podcast before. Those remains didn't dis disappear decompose that's i mean honestly if they never address that i'm gonna be wondering the whole time like we've like we've seen the where is zuko's mother remains right like i mean god at least it got a comic you know but like i mean seriously yeah we have to wait five years after the show was over and it's like oh yeah pink diamonds in like i don't know some vault in homeworld no one knows oh oh boy but i I loved the beginning of this, by the way, you know, just Pearl waiting there anxiously and then, you know, Amethyst popping in. And then just how quickly the conversation escalates and it's like, holy cow, Blue Diamond here. And I love I love Pearl asking Amethyst to turn into a chair and Amethyst yes. like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I did like that exchange. I liked, you know, it's, it's like kind of like when you're a kid 
and there's like this huge crazy weather event outside like a thunderstorm and the parents are all like oh my god we need to close the windows we need to get everyone inside and you're just like this is cool and this is fun <laughs> and it's like kind of the almost the same thing with amethyst until she realized that blue diamond took greg but up until the point yeah. that blue diamond was on the planet she's like oh that's dope thinks it's yeah, cool they're all coming out of the woodwork <laughs> but yeah and it's just um and I do like how Pearl's reaction really does show how big of a deal the diamonds are and how they, in order, the like, the rule of safety is to keep the biggest distance between the gems and the diamonds as possible. Yeah, you know, the diamonds are best on Homeworld in that other galaxy way over there. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. not too far, though, because as we saw in this episode... They weren't even traveling light speed yet, and Pearl said that it would take about 70 human years. Well, that's Pink Diamond's zoo. Oh, Blue Diamond was just visiting. That's true. We have no idea where the zoo is in comparison to Homeworld. I forgot about that. That's well, true. It's obviously in the Milky Way, whereas Homeworld is somewhere else, maybe Andromeda, maybe another galaxy. Yeah, maybe in the local group, if, like, closer. Mm, nice reference to the local group. <laughs> <laughs> And for those who don't know, the local group is the local cluster of galaxies, the Milky Way, the Andromeda, and a couple other smaller galaxies around us. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it's interesting. Maybe, like, has Homeworld colonized the Milky Way is another question, like... I mean, they colonized Earth, so they must have. Uh, Pearl was confident that by going to Alpha Centauri, she would see gem activity. Yeah. Uh, like, another question that just came up is, uh, why couldn't the gems have just colonized Mars or something? Like, Mars is made of rock, and, like, apparently- Well, I have, I have my hypothesis that to make gems, you need life force, you know, some- Exactly, yeah. Some, mm-hmm. Something that is capable of sustaining life, and you take that life force and you make it into gem force. Well, there's been theories that Mars could have once held life, so maybe it's just the chemicals in the Earth, we don't know. But, yeah, that's kind of dark, you know, for gems to live, others have to die. Well, I mean, that's, that's how it is. I mean, even if we all went vegetarian, we're still murdering plants on a industrial scale to do that. <laughs> uh, wait, until 3D life printing is, life. is made, and you can just 3D print your... Yeah, then we'll just have nutri- nutrients that never become plants. So it's mm-hmm. all safe, it's all sanitary. Mm-hmm. We just keep it out of the loop. Mm-hmm. What, what we're eating was never alive. <laughs> but yeah, going back to it, just thinking about the, the greater spatial empire that the gems run, like... I would love to see exactly how much they have conquered, how much of the Milky Way, because there's a lot in the Milky yeah, Way. So that's a very big question as to how many worlds they actually control. How many gems are there? Are we talking millions? Are we talking trillions? Are we talking lots of aliens beyond that that you would normally only find in Cookie Clicker? <laughs> Every single star in the night sky is in the Milky Way that can be seen with the naked eye. Except for the Andromeda Galaxy, from what I understand. So it's very likely that if, if the crew universe did their homework, which is not necessarily likely, <laughs> that Homeworld is in the Andromeda Galaxy. And I mean, like, there is a lot to be known about space, so I would not blame them if they did not do all of the homework necessary to know well, about I space. Well, I mean, it doesn't, they, they could have done the homework at any time. They could just say, okay, yeah, Homeworld is in a, is in a in another galaxy, and then it doesn't matter if that's the Andromeda galaxy or if it's in some fictional galaxy. Well, it was I mean, in. Say, um, oh, yeah, sure. It was in Log Date, 
that... Yeah, Southern 152. The guard said you can see Homeworld's galaxy from here. So unless gems have some special eyes that can see more <laughs> stars in the sky that we can, it's very likely that they're in the Andromeda galaxy. Yeah, I agree. So we have any more... Do we have any more thoughts coming here? Um, my my last roast for the episode is that <laughs> we don't see the roaming eye in the final shot of the zoo, uh, which we then see in the establishing shot of the next episode, which annoyed me a lot. So, you know, but I didn't know it would annoy me until <laughs> the next episode came out. So that, that was unfortunately the final thought <laughs> of this episode. There's too much negativity for this episode in general. If it's a Steven Universe episode, it's good, but... We can be nitpicky because it's a good show. Yeah, this this one definitely pales in comparison to the other uh, Out of This World episodes, but it had its strong points. Uh, for all of Steven's melodrama, I did love Pearl in this episode, as I do in most. <laughs> Agreed. Always. So guys, that was that for Adventures in Light Distortion. Join us next week when we'll be talking about Gem Heist. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm David. Leave Don't. us a review on iTunes. What? <laughs> Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan related content, please visit lunarseaspire.com. Thank you for listening. So guys, I have a minor news bulletin for you guys. Did you know that we are celebrities now? What? Okay, um, follow up on that. Okay, uh, I was playing Overwatch the other day, and somebody recognized me. Whoa, voice recognition. That's well, no, no, oh, no, okay. not voice recognition. He recognized my username. Huh. Oh, that's cool. I, 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 I uh, acknowledged his Steven Universe username, and uh, then he realized who he was talking to. And he's like, oh, you know, whispered me after the game, said he said he loved the podcast. Oh, OK. I thought he was like, maybe he recognized you from the Reddit or something. That's cool. No. Yeah. I so, yeah, he, he would have recognized any of us if we were playing by our uh, podcast handle. So I'm we are sure. all celebrities now. <laughs> Overwatch. <laughs> but I just thought that was neat that we have fans. Yes. Who would have thought, right? We have fans with an S. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can spot me on Overwatch. Uh, I think I am, I'm so virus on Overwatch too. Although on Steam, I'm Step Poppy because my friends have a dumb thing going on. But... <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're on Splatoon two on the Nintendo Switch and you see one of literally tens of thousands of Davids, uh, if it's lowercase, it might be me. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah so virus for me is always lowercase. All right, so I just thought I would clue you guys in and to. Uh person I played with the other day. Uh, if you made it this far into the episode, then A.